Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. To hear more sermons and to find out more about our church, please visit sugarhillchurch.com. With a world that's messed up as it is, we wanted to teach today on this passage, John chapter 11. Now, it's a pretty cool story. Uh, Jesus has these three friends who are sister, sister, and brother, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Right? We, most of us are familiar with the whole concept that Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, but most of us miss the encounter that Jesus has with three unique people, Mary, Martha, and with Lazarus. But it's interesting, if you, if you remember the, the thought behind the series Encounters, we get this concept that how Jesus encountered people in this book, we have a model for how Jesus encounters us in our real life. And so we see that in how he encounters Martha first, then Mary, and then Lazarus in John chapter 11. And so what we find here is we try to figure out who is this figure in the center of Christianity who's supposed to put everything right in such a messed up world. To do that, we're going to look there in the Gospel of John. We're going to see Martha and Mary, the brother. And early in chapter 11, Lazarus is called someone who Jesus loved, kind of like we, we learned a few weeks ago how much Jesus loved John. What, what the Bible's saying is he's like my brother. He's like family. Now, you know, you can, I can pick on my kids and I can pick on my wife, but you mess with my kids and you mess with my wife, we got problems, right? I mean, isn't that the way you are? Like, I, I, can, I, can, I can look at my kid and say, come on, fix that. You tell my kid that, we got problems. I mean, that's just how family is, right? And this is the way Jesus is with Mary and Martha and with Lazarus. I mean, they're family. They've got, it, they've got this bond that is together. And so we see that Jesus loves them, and that is the term that, that, that is used for his relationship with them. So we see that Lazarus becomes extremely sick, and his life is hanging in the balance, and Mary and Martha send for Jesus because they know Jesus can fix the broken brother. And so they send for Jesus, and when they send for Jesus earlier in the chapter, Jesus says, no sweat, I'll be there in a little bit. And he hangs around a couple days doing some other stuff, eating fish and biscuits and hanging out and healing other people, doing cool things, right? He's teaching, hanging out, but not in a hurry, right? And so Mary and Martha are like, dude, what is up? We, our brother's dying. And then Lazarus dies. Now, one of the sisters, Martha, she's like one of those intense people, like, we got to fix this. we got to go. Come on, where's Jesus? Come on, if you were here, this wouldn't have happened. How many of you know somebody that's intense? Yeah, how many of you are married to that person? Hello. Yeah. So, um, so you know, she, she's all about it. Now, Mary's the other side of it. Mary's like the sweet one. Oh, Jesus, if you'd have just been here, it wouldn't have been the problem. Oh. And we see how Jesus meets these very unique people in a different way. Mary and Martha, they send for Jesus. And one of, the, one of the most famous Bible stories, we get this glimpse into who Jesus was and who he is, what he came to do, especially when he encounters us. So look, if you will, if you got your Bibles, if not, it'll be on the screen. John chapter 11, let's start in verse 17, all right? Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So dude is dead, right? Like doorknob dead, wrapped up in burial claws, already starting to smell. Dead, dead, right? Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. So now get this, all right? Earlier in John, what we read is the disciples say to Jesus, don't go back there. If you go back to Bethany, you go back to Judea, they're going to kill you. Don't go back there. This is not Jesus. If you go back, it's uncool, right? But Jesus comes on anyway, all right? So he, he puts his life in danger to come help family, all right? So remember, we're talking about a 40-minute walk just outside of Jerusalem. 
And so there they are just outside of Jerusalem, and Jesus comes to see what, what the deal is. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Because in Jewish culture, you would have had a days and days long where all of the, the community would have come and wept with you and grieved with you in the loss of your loved one. All right? We skip down to verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I mean, she was at it. Lord, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. I mean, she's all about it, man. She's like overachiever, just getting after it, type A, type D on a dish. She's at it, man. You know? You know who I'm talking about? Can't you see him in your head right now? I know. I know. I'm her. It's like, come on, Lord. Pick on somebody else today. Let's build their character, not mine. Are you with me? Yeah, so there, there she is. She is all about it. And Jesus, he returns to her, and he says in verse 23, your brother will rise again. So Martha, being the intense one, says, yeah, I get that. She says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. What she's saying is, Jesus, I get it. He's, I know he's going to heaven, but right now he is dead as a doorknob in there. Where were you when I needed you? What is the deal here? I mean, she is really at it, right? And Jesus kind of grabs her by the shoulders, kind of like, like, come on, girl, listen. And listen to what he says. And Jesus said to her in verse 25, I am. Now, if you're, if you're a highlighter or underlighter, those two words are big. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, same thing, totally different way. Listen, she says it like this. Lord, if you had been here, my brother, he, he wouldn't have died. I, golly, I wish you had been here. You're, you're who we count on. Come on, I just my heart is broken. She's crying. I mean, you can just feel the pain of the loss that she suffered. And listen to what Jesus says to her. I mean, this is, it didn't get any better than this. When Jesus, verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And listen, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? I mean, get this. Martha and Mary both go, Jesus, if you'd have been here, we'd have had this. Then, I mean, Mary comes behind after Martha getting all fired up, and Martha comes with this way, and we see how Jesus relates to these two unique personalities. And Jesus knows our heart. He knows our needs and knows how to relate to each of us on an individual level. I mean, think about this. He has this universal diagnosis. We all are in this desperate need to have this relationship with God. But because God's perfect and we're not, somebody's got to come between us. And it can't be a human because they're as messed up as, as, as we are. So God sends Jesus here. And he says to Martha, I am the resurrection. I am life. 
Now watch this. This is not subtle. This is bold. He doesn't say, I can give him life. He doesn't say, I can give him resurrection. He doesn't say, I can break, I can, I can fix what is broken. What Jesus says is, I am life. I am resurrection. What Jesus is saying to Martha is, Martha, listen, you're the football player I need to grab by the face mask and say, calm down. I've got this. I got the whole world in the palm of my hand. Calm down. And then Mary comes along and she's the ball player that just needs a pat on the back and says, oh, honey, I, I feel your pain. Listen, I've got this. And listen, you know what he says to you today? No matter how you are, whatever you brought to this party today, brokenness or heartache or whatever your thing is, man, I got my own. You know what he says to me? You know what he says to you? Calm down. I got this. I got the whole world here. I know everything's upside down, but I'm going to turn it right side up if you'll just allow me to. I mean, we're Mary, we're Martha. We come with all this different baggage and Jesus says, I'm gonna meet you right where you're at. I mean, you came here today and you're tall or you're skinny, he meets you right where you're at. You came here today, I mean, you're, 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 you're short or you're fat, he meets you right where you're at. I mean, you're bald or you're hairy, he meets you right where you're at. You're mean, you're nice, he meets you where you're at. You're, you're intense or you're calm, he meets you right where you're at. You're an addict or you think you're a saint, he meets you right where you're at. And he says, listen, you, I'm not asking you to change you. He's saying, come to me any way you are, and I'll meet you right where you're at. I've got what will fix you. I mean, I want you to notice this. Jesus is making the statement of Martha that says, I am life. What he's saying is, I am God. He's saying, I am God. And then with Mary, he shows that, wait a minute, I'm not just God. I'm man also. I am God, creator, sustainer, but I'm also man with empathy and sadness and heartbreak for you. This is how God works with us and lives with us. And we understand that, wait a minute, he knows our pain. Jesus knows our hurts. He meets us right where we're at. And in his deity as God, he says, I offer forgiveness and hope and life. And in my humanity, he says, I feel your pain. With Martha, he says, I'm God, I've got this. With Mary, he says, I am man, but I am God, and I've got this. And with you, he says, I've got this. I mean, the founders of every major religion make this statement. I'm a prophet who shows you how you can find God. But Jesus comes along and says, I'm God, and I've come to find you. I mean, how cool is that? Pick any religion you want. It's a prophet who says, I've come to help you find God. But Jesus alone comes and says, I am God, and I've come to find you. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost, us. And you know what else he said? Today is the day of salvation. Today is your day. I mean, this, this encounter that Jesus has with these grieving sisters poses a challenge for us. I mean, most of us have a struggle trying to figure out how could Jesus be fully God? How could he be fully man? How could, how could he be the deity of God? And how could he feel the pain of man? I mean, but because he does that, we have this choice. We can look at him and say, no, no thanks. That's not for me. I got this under control. My question for you is, how's that working for you? Or you could look at, uh, at this and say, you know what? That's just kind of a nut job. Any of you that, no thanks, that's not for me. Or you could say, you know what? I'm going to worship him today. I, I need him to be my resurrection, to be my life. You know, the, the, the big deal is either way, what you can't do is just go ho-hum. I mean, there's no way to moderately 
respond to Jesus here. I mean, his encounter with us today is saying, I offer you resurrection and life because I love you just the way you are. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, no matter how you dress, no matter what, how much money you have, no, no matter, what you, no matter what, it, what you brought to the party, Jesus says, come on, I love you. you but it's important to recognize that the people around there struggle just like we did. I mean, first century Jews couldn't even utter the name of God because they had such reverence for it. And then Jesus comes along in their presence and says, I am God. I mean, do, don't miss this. In the middle of Lazarus' funeral, Jesus comes along and begins his own. In the middle of Lazarus being dead, Jesus begins the process of his own death by saying, I am God. And all the religious people around him said, wow, that can't be. But then I want you to, 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 to catch what happens. Jesus meets Martha, and we get a glimpse of deity. He is God. And in the next moment, Jesus is weeping with Mary, and we get the glimpse in the shadow of the grave, one of the most powerful encounters that we have with Jesus. We see deity joined with human vulnerability and human empathy, and Jesus feels the powerful blow, the stench of death, the grief, and the life. And watch this, the transcendent creator, the author of life, becomes weak, limited, mortal, who felt the full horror of death. I mean, with Martha, he gives her truth. He kind of gives her that shoulder-shaking truth. You know, sometimes I need that. Come on, Chuck, don't you? But, you know, with Mary, you know what he says? Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Aren't there times in your life you just want Jesus to be able to just hold you? Don't you want to just put your head on his shoulder and say, oh, man, life just stinks today, Lord. I need you. I know you paid it all for me. I need you. I think one of the greatest statements, if you're going to tweet anything today, tweet this, all right? Jesus is never strong when he should be tender, and he's never tender when he should be strong. I just think that's so cool. I mean, at the times that I need somebody to kick me in the tail, there he is. To, Come on, Chuck, get out. Let's do this. I've got you. I'm going before you. I'm going with you. I'm coming behind you. Come on. And there are times when he just sits down and puts me in his lap and says, I got you. You're my kid. And he meets us right where we're at. I mean, I just find that to be so cool that God would do that for us. I mean, he's never pompous. You never see Jesus standing on his own dignity despite being absolutely approachable. I mean, even to the weakest and the broken, he's completely fearless before the corrupt and the powerful. I mean, watch, watch these things about Jesus. He is tenderness without weakness. I mean, Jesus is strength without harshness. He's humility without the slightest lack of confidence. He's unhesitatingly authority without self-absorption. He's holiness without unapproachability. And he's power without insensitivity. You say, man, that's, the, that's who I need in my corner. I, I'm, I'm in a foxhole here fighting for life. I need that. And Jesus says, I'm all that for you. I am the resurrection of life for you. And some of you say, man, it, no, it, if he only knew what I did, here's the great thing, he does. And all of that, and he says, come on, I'm the resurrection in life. So why does he make this encounter so special, so powerful? Why did absolute power enter into our weak, weary, struggling life? Well, let's go back to the text. Look at verse 38. And in verse 38, here's what we find. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. 
it was a cave and a stone lay against it sound familiar Jesus said take away the stone Martha the sister of the dead man said to him Lord by this time there will be an odor for he has been dead four days let's give her the award for stating the obvious dead dude four days yeah I mean that's that is ratchet right there okay and Jesus said to her did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God I mean can't you hear Jesus looking at her it's like hey hon did I not tell you I got the whole world right here come on did I not tell you if you believe very cool stuff's about to happen and can you imagine all the all those people who had gathered around to mourn they're looking like Jesus like whoa this is about to get cool mind equals so they took away the stone and Jesus lift up his eyes and he said father talking to God I thank you that you have heard me I know that you always hear me Wow is that not a great statement but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me now watch this remember when I say when you get the context of then you get the context now this is like Jesus is saying to you on October 19th 2014 if you believe this is gonna blow your mind look what I can do for you are you with me now now watch what happens and when he said this thing, he cried out, cried out with a loud voice. Now, I love this part, because Jesus said, go, uh, hello, uh, Lazarus. Uh, he doesn't do that. You know he does? Hey, Lazarus, get out here. What, what are you doing laying down there? Come on, get out here. And about that time, I mean, you can imagine the people around him like, this is going to be so cool, because when he's not coming out, dude's going to look like a freak show, Right? Everybody's watching. Can you imagine their eyes are like saucers trying to figure out what is going on here? And then look what happens. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And listen to this. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Okay, let me try that one more time. Jesus said, unbind him and let that dude go I mean think about it he's saying to you and me today whatever's got you bound up whatever's got you tied down whatever's keeping you from having resurrection power and life abundantly today and eternally Jesus saying let him let her go that's just too stinking cool to me I mean Jesus looks at us and says I did this for you but in verse 38, there's something I don't want you to miss. In verse 38, the original Greek language sounds like this, that Jesus bellowed in anger. It's like Jesus is angry at sin and death and what caused death and the heartache and the sorrow that follows it. And his heart is deeply broken because of what we've done to the world that he's created. And he's angry at it. And yet in his anger at all the sin and the death and the stench of it, he loves Lazarus and he loves us and he says, come out, let him go. So we see that the only way to bring Lazarus out of the grave was for Jesus to put himself into his own grave. We see that the only way for us to have resurrection power, resurrection life, is that Jesus had to die. 
You know what some of us do? We're good at it. Matter of fact, I'm good at it. We like to look at somebody else's messed up life and say, man, at least I'm not as bad as they are. At least my sin isn't bad as theirs. Let me ask you a question. Did your messed up life cost Jesus maybe one drop of blood and the other guy cost him a pint? Did, did, did my messed up life cause one thorn or the whole crown? Was it my sin that caused the spear in the side or was it maybe just one lash or all of them? Was it my sin that caused him to be spat upon and cursed? How much of it did we own? And Jesus looks at all of our messed up lives, all of our stuff, and he says, I paid it all for you. No matter how messed up you are, no matter how saintly you think you are, I did that all for you so that you could have resurrection life because he, Jesus said, I am resurrection life. I mean, the people in attendance that day must have thought, boy, Jesus really loves them. He became human, vulnerable, approachable, weak, tired, sorrowful, and killable all out of love for us. God, creator and sustainer of life, looked into our world, the world he made, and was brokenhearted as he saw us destroying ourselves and destroying his creation as we turned further away from him. And in Genesis 6, 6, we read that God's heart was filled with pain. And so he looked at it and said, I want to have, I want to be good with them. So he sent Jesus and said, go there for me. And he loved us then and he loves us now for he's the definition of love. He saw us trying to rid ourselves of the traps of pride and foolishness and folly that we created for ourselves. And so God wrote himself into the script of humankind, into the script of human history, into the script of our hearts and our lives. And the God-man, fully God yet fully man, born to a virgin, laid in a manger, born to die on an old wooden cross for you and for me. Today, he says, have this encounter with me that I might become your resurrection, your life. Today, encounter Jesus as he was and as he is. Encounter his never-ending love for you this day. For this is your day. He came to put our world, our life, and our heart back together again. And you get to choose.